you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Sunday edition of the Busted Open Podcast. With Justin Labar, I'm Jonathan Hood. Justin, we got a chance to talk about Okada and his free agency. Oh, yeah, all kinds of fantasy matchups to book. Where is it going to go? AEW, WWE, what's it going to be? This is a fun one to break down. Seth Rollins, he's injured. What does this mean for the WWE World's Championship if he can't defend it? Yeah, it comes at a terrible time as we're starting the road to WrestleMania. Uh, A lot of different options, though, for WWE to do creatively. We open up the doors to the Busted Open Confessional as you get a chance to cleanse your wrestling sins. I want to cleanse. I want to feel good. I want to get this off of my chest. It is Justin. It's Jonathan. Enjoy the Sunday edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Did you hear the news about Okada? New Japan announces the impending departure of Okada. His last match will take place on February 24th. Um, We want to get your thoughts about where he could be going. Now, if you have not seen Okada, just go to YouTube. You know, you got to be able to watch it because all you'll see is banger after banger. I've never seen a bad match from Okada, Justin. We're talking about the hottest free agent in professional wrestling at at this point in time that we know of. Because with MJF and some of the others, uh, even Shelton Benjamin says, I'm not sure exactly what my future is going to be. So Okada's at the top of the list. And I just think that that is uh, a shame for New Japan because he's been the face of that company for a long time. He's had so many great matches, and now he's moving on. He'll be coming to, I believe, an American, North American-based company. So, again, my initial reaction was, wow, what I expected for 2024, he wants to do something new. But I think we should look at what's best. It seems obvious that it's WWE or AEW or, or maybe some of the independents, maybe, but I just think that there's some dream matches that we could really sink our teeth into and really have a good time watching. There are. There's a number of dream matches on either side. If you look at WWE or AEW for him to go to, you know, even before kind of going into that, you know, other factors that I wonder, you know, both both AEW, both WWE, you know, they have money, they, they, so they can make competitive offers. But there's the other factors that you don't know, and 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 you'd love to find out when you can get a, a tell-all interview with Okada after. The dust settles and the ink dries, you know. But just just from reading and Wikipedia, you know, he he's 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 a he's a new father here in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So as, as a family man, what does that do? Does one company allow you to still remain based in Japan because of their schedule? Does another company require you to have to come over stateside and be you know? So I, I start wondering about things. So even beyond the dream matches, which we would dive into, I, I I sit here and wonder like, 
all these factors swirling around. You know, he's 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 wrestled in an AEW ring because of the Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. because of the cross promotion between AEW and New Japan. Is there something about those WWE lights and canvas that's attractive that he just did that before he hangs up the boots? He's got a he's got experiences. So when I, when I look at my list here uh, of dream match on each side, I then get swept away because I'm like. Never mind the dream matches to him. Like, what what else is factoring into his decision making? That's that that we could never. That all we could do is speculate. And all we could do is wonder, uh, and that only he could confirm. I I think that he wants to test his metal uh, in North America, and I think that the lighter schedule, and this is for either company, I think helps. Uh, he's not in the twilight of his career. It's not like Tanahashi, where it's just a shame when you see him out there now. He's not even close to the kind of wrestler that he was. Um, but I just think that he's still in his prime. He can still put on, obviously, classic matches. Seems like he's relatively healthy. And I just think that the challenge of taking on uh, wrestlers that we see every week uh, in North America is great. I'll just move TN- I'll get to TNA in a second. But for the WWE, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, who, who would not want to see a top-level superstar like Okada take on Roman Reigns? And again, just because the way that looks, that looks like a dream match, and it looks like, wow, what does that look like? Um, Okada doesn't need to spend time at NXT to get acclimated to the WWE system. <laughs> this is not this is not one of those things where it's like, well, you got to slow down, you can't be able, you know, you got to adjust to WWE style. I think that Okada is so great that he he's right at the top of the card against Roman Reigns. It's he's that good. Um, I'll throw. Could you imagine Okada against Gunther? Uh, that was my one I wanted to throw out to you first. Oof. <laughs> yeah. What does that look like, Justin? I mean, <laughs> I mean, wow. That that that's one that's there. You know, I mean, you know, Gunther is so in the ring. He he is uh, he's different than anybody else you see in WWE. You know, he's got he's got some he's got, he's got some throwbacks. He's he, he's different than anybody else you see. So Gunther, obviously, I believe that would be the first time. I don't think it's ever been documented they've ever had a match anywhere in the world together. Um, or talk about really. You know, oh, you're coming to WWE. You know, Roman Reigns fits the bill, as you just said, but another match that would fit the bill of you're coming to fight somebody from WWE, but somebody who their smooth style in the ring, opposite what Okada does. Imagine Okada and Randy Orton. Yeah. That's you know, on like, my list as well. Oof. I mean, it's, it's just, I get excited just thinking about it this right now. This is, this is, and, 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 and on one hand, we're teasing ourselves because one of these two lists isn't going to come true. Yeah. He's only going to sign one place right now. So what we're going to do here, Justin, we're going to do a Royal Rumble style. We're going to lay it all out, and then we're going to have to start eliminating some and then come up with that one match because that's what we're asking the nation to do, that one dream match that we have not seen Okada been in. So so I wrote down Roman and Gunther. I wrote down Randy Orton. also wrote down Sami Zayn. A healthy Sami Zayn. Could you imagine what that looks like? Sami Zayn having to to fight from underneath against Adamida Okada, you know that when Sami Zayn is right, he's as good as anybody in WWE. I wrote his name yeah. down as well. Yeah. No, and, and that would be, I, I mean, obviously Sami was, you know, part of a top-level storyline with the Bloodline for a long time there, and he was part of a, a main event at WrestleMania. But I feel like if done properly, that could elevate Sami even greater. So what, what a great honor to have somebody be able to come from the outside in and elevate Sami within the WWE ranks that, and to the WWE audience. That would be... A hell of a scenario. I mean, AJ Styles. Oh my God. Uh, AJ, look, AJ's not age wise. AJ is not in his prime anymore, but he does not look slower. 
No, we may not see we may not see him in as high in as many high profile matches, but by schedule or you know these days. But I mean, he's gonna he shows when he goes out there, he's still AJ Styles. So that would be that'd be a dream match for me. I I love the idea of Roman and Okada, and Okada just landed in right, and and all of a sudden the veneers of Roman Reigns starts to move around in the mouth a little bit. Easy, brother. Easy, <laughs> easy. <laughs> it's just like he gets easy. It's like, nah. You know what? He does. He only knows one speed. Okada knows yeah. how to be able to lay it in. You know, there's a certain style, a certain way where it's like there is no lay, there is no half speed with New Japan wrestlers. Um, can you add on one more for a six pack? Because we have Roman, Gunther, Randy Orton, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Seth Rollins. Ah, Seth Rollins. There it is. Yeah, I think that that would be fantastic, <laughs> actually, yeah. with those two in the ring. Just to what that, that look, high flying drop kicks, rainmaker. Yeah, that would be amazing. And these are all right now, but I'd be remiss to say, and just just to acknowledge it, because I think you have to know, if this was a few years earlier, the the marquee is sexy no matter when. Sure. Of Okada, and and what he's represented, what he's done in New Japan. And John Cena. If it's five years earlier, what 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 you could possibly get in a match of how interesting that would be. But I think now John as Cena has shown Cena is great when he comes back as a draw. He wants to help out, but I don't think belt when the bell rings, as you say, then the, then the bell rang, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't think we're just not. But but it's sexy to think about on a marquee. Yes, yes, you know. Also, but it's cumbersome to wrestle on that marquee because you could slip. I mean, to wrestle on the marquee. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it is cumbersome to wrestle on the market. Because I was about to just unleash on you for that match, Cena against Okada. I was, I was going to unleash OK Vince. That's Marquee. what I was gonna, yeah, just I, sex. yeah, marketing pal. Yeah, because the most that, stupendous WrestleMania. <laughs> because you know what? Because if that match took place and Okada knows one speed, yeah, not sure what that looks like on Cena's end. No. Like that five no. knuckle shuffle ain't working. Okada's not laying down for that. What are no. you doing? Are you doing a five? He's got. He stands right up. He goes. What is this? No. no. <laughs> what are you doing there? But 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 like I said, five years ago, if you if you had him under contract, how would you not? How would you not be sitting in a writer's room and, and figure out? Is could, could we do this? You know, is is it possible? Uh, yes, it is possible. And Cena's the heel. <laughs> please, yeah. please, yeah. Just just like the, the the match with the late Bray Wyatt, where he or Cena was a heel for like forty five seconds with the NWO shirt. You you recall this, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, 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 I was so excited! Mm-hmm. I was so excited! And I'm like, yes, Cena with the NWO shirt and the the music. I'm like, yes, just turn just one time. And he, uh, I think Cena has since said. I, I want to say maybe it might have been like a on Austin's podcast. Like he said, like he had new music made up. Yeah, he had new gear made up. He he had the heel. It was ready to go. And then Vince put the stop on it. Yeah, I. I have to if I want to see my uh, Cena as a heel, I got to go back into the Peacock Network and be able to pick him uh, Cena against the Undertaker during those uh, the early times, like when Cena was doing all that rapping and stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed me some heel Cena. It was fantastic. And actually, you know what? Uh, one of these shows will break down that Cena all this whole time has been a heel. We'll yes. break it down. <laughs> this whole time, it's he all been a, bit, been a it, heel. 
it's been one big mind screw the whole time. <laughs> okay, so we're looking for dream matches. We gave you some from the WWE. We want you to add on to the list as well, 877-344-4893. Now, Justin Labar for the AEW. So I wrote down the first guy that was on the top of my head was Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe against uh, Okada. Did we not see that match? Assume we looked that up. Did we see that in um, in TNA or not? Did they ever wrestle in TNA? The the point is though that Samoa Joe against Okada I think is also box office. If he ever came to AEW, who wouldn't mm-hmm. want to see that match? No, absolutely, it is, it is box office. Uh, even if they even if they even if they work together, it's a different different landscape. Different, you know, uh, it, it would still would still be huge. You know, here's one. And I again, I think about it like literally in the context of like if, if Okada in a few months is, is on an AEW roster, like what could he do for AEW? Imagine Okada versus the physicality and charisma of a Swerve Strickland. Oh, and, and, wow. and again, as as we are building Swerve this in this twenty twenty four, as it seems like he might be on the path for World Championship, Swerve and Okada, give me a break. Oh man. There, there could be a scenario where Swerve at some point is the AEW champion and he takes on Okada. That could happen in 2024. That, that's a possibility. That, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Doctor. That's, yeah. I get chills thinking about that one. Uh, Susumu says that Joe and Okada had never happened uh, when the chat went away. But he said he did mention and reminded me that um, that there was a Joe. Joe was kind of teaming with Okada in that Green Hornet gimmick, as you recall. I think he was Kato. I think that I think that's and that's why Okada hates TNA because he never got the real opportunity um, that he did. De- I won't say deserved. I'll, I'll I'll stop I'll stop short of saying deserved. He didn't get the opportunity in TNA because they didn't know what they had in Okada. This Okada would have never been a some kind of backup as Kato from the Green Hornet in TNA. No, I mean, but it was a different Okada. He had to grow in in New Japan to be the icon that he is. So. And what okay, year so was that? 2000. I think the Vince Russo years of TNA. 2000. I was gonna say 2009. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Whatever years it was, it was Jeff Jarrett was champion. <laughs> well, <that> really, <laughs> thanks for narrowing it down, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so it says between uh, like 10 and 11, somewhere in there. Yeah, 2010, um, 2011. Yeah. Okay. So Samoa Joe Swerve. When what? Jeff Jarrett was champion. <laughs> well, I just thought I would let you know. Uh, like, is the, in, the, in that time, in that time frame of dominance as NWA TNA champion. There you go. What kind of time marker is that? <laughs> Forever what? in that company. Forever. It's like me asking you, when in the 80s did WWF do this? Oh, well, I think Hogan was champion. In that, in <laughs> no that Hogan, no shit. In, in that Hogan era. <laughs> that thing called Hulkamania was floating around somewhere. <laughs> So Samoa Joe Swerve. I know it's a low hanging fruit, but I don't care. I want to see the matchup Takeshita. Yes, uh, Takeshita is on the precipice of really breaking out as a major star in AEW. And for those that say well, he's already a star, no, no, I'm talking about um, top level matches. For a, a single star, singles champion in AEW. He's he's still young. He's under thirty. There's still more time for Takeshita. But I mean Takeshita and Okada. Who says no? Not me. I mean, look at the list. I mean, Moxley has Mox ever fought Okada? Did that? I'm sure. I feel well, like I, I to... might have seen that. In the, but not in the U.S. That. But but not in the U.S. Though. I don't think so. No. 
Yeah, I think I think there's a I think that there's a couple of those right because like same thing with like Omega. I know Omega and Okada fought, but like I don't think it. You know, put it put it in the U.S. stage. See what you can do. Uh, and I'm looking at that point from a from a ticket sales kind of standpoint. What can it do if you do it here domestically? Um, you know, I mean, you can think about MJF. Assuming MJF is resigned with AEW whenever he's back and healthy. Um, uh, I, I I wrote down MJF as a question mark, and I put him under AEW because that's the last time we saw him. MJF would take that match seriously. This is not a walk and talk for MJF. That's not what it is. This is a guy here that um, would excel uh, greatly in that match against Okada. You think it's a size issue? It actually, with MJF, it does not matter. People will look at it and say, look how long and lanky and athletic that Okada is, and then there's MJF. No, it works. It actually works because the psychology in that matchup would just be off the charts. So MJF is there. I wrote down Adam Copeland. I wrote, down, I, I wrote that down because, and, and, and you know, as much of a fan I, as I am of Edge, and I'm a huge fan of Copeland over the years, he's looking up at the lights, and it's the match that he wants, I'm sure, because that's why I came to AEW, for different challenges. And so I just think that Copeland and Okada, I think that that works for me. I didn't even think about that, but I now, now my mind is racing. <laughs> yes or no, Jay Hood? It's a Saturday in March. We're getting closer and closer to WrestleMania season. So, you know, you're you, 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 Let's get some big stuff going. Let's get some, let's get some talking points and buzz. It's a Saturday in March. Live collision. Yeah. Adam Copeland lays out an open challenge. Tony Khan is all about, he loves surprises. He loves having the buzz. He, he'd loved, you know, he'd, you know, some, some, some promoters would tell you, you know, no, you, you can't, you can't make money off what you don't advertise and let's, let's advertise and advertise and tout it. No, no, no. open challenge. Who's going to answer it on this live collision? Here comes Okada. Oh, then you hear the change hitting the ground <laughs> and there, that sound effect. And then here comes Okada. I'm all for that. As long as it's in Bossier city, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday, 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 Saturday. 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 <laughs> We're in Bozier City, Louisiana. <laughs> Kevin Kelly, Nigel McGinnis, and we've got Okada against people down there. No, if, if, if they did have Okada show up as a surprise, they would, they, I would, he would put it on dynamite, I would assume, but it doesn't mean that Copeland can't do the open thing on dynamite. But I don't put it past that they would do something like that to then have the world talking. After, I, I don't put it past them. Yeah, that's I think that's a dream match for AEW, but definitely for Copeland because it's new. It's a new match. Yeah. That that wrote, that that kind of a match defines the, everything of why he, aside from working with Uncle Jay, you know that's what he wanted to do in AEW is, is have some freedom, have some fun, do do things and, and work with people that he never got to work with and wouldn't have otherwise if he remained contracted with WWE. I wrote down. I think we wrote down six together with AEW. I know it's it's a six pack at WWE. We have six here in AEW. I did write down on the bottom of the margin here, um, Hangman Adam Page, the new Magnum mm. TA. Uh, I, I wrote. <laughs> he's yes. got the mustache, brother. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I I don't. I it would not surprise me if I heard through the grapevine that they repackaged Adam Page as the new Magnum TA because. Magnum had the same mustache, same like you know leather coat, uh, leather jacket. He's coming across like Magnum T A to me, and that, that that's not a knock. That's great, actually. That is that is a uh, how his character has evolved as a babyface, but angry. 
Yeah, that, yeah, that's a compliment. I mean, yeah. people. I mean, obviously, Magnum TA's career got cut tragically short, but 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 if if people, if you're either watching live or if you go back and and find enough of your your uh, tapes and history and follow along chronologically, Magnum TA was over like rovers of babyface uh, with an edge um, to him. So yeah, that's 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 a, that's a that's a good compliment, good comparison, good compliment there to Hangman. The number one pro wrestling show on the planet, Busted Open, is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Join me alongside two WWE Hall of Famers, Mark Henry and Bully Ray, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, plus Thunder Rosa and Mickey James all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring. Listen to Busted Open right now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Justin, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins. It was uh, talked about a couple days ago. The news came out first from Fightful Select's Sean Ross Sapp that Seth Rollins suffered a torn MCL and a partially torn meniscus during Monday Night Raw's um, uh, episode last week. Um, And so Rollins put the title on the line against Junior Mahal in the main event of Raw and uh, he picked up the victory, but he was favoring his leg in the la- latter stages of the match. It's funny, you see the ebb and flow of a match, and y- you know that th- these wrestlers come in with some bumps and bruises. I never thought it would be a torn MCL. And I'm pretty sure I saw when it happened. If you watch in the match, if you go back, Rollins goes and springboards off the sec- the middle rope and does like a like a Jericho kind of lion salt. And as soon as he lands, so he lands, obviously, stomach first. And as soon as his, he lands and his left knee hit that mat, he immediately started favoring it. I'm, I'm watching a mouth and this and that. And and I said something as it happened, and some people were like, oh, you know, he's just selling. He's a good seller. And, and you always sell and work the left side, and, and that is traditionally true. But my point that I – what I fired back at him is, like, at that point in the match, that's a weird spot in the match to all of a sudden have – a body part injury become the focal. That's normally something you do early in the match so that, so the heel can work on it. So why all of a sudden, you know, it, it was just the way that he was communicating with the referee, the way everything looked. I was like, Oh, I really hope that this is just a, a scare, you know, just something felt funny. Hopefully it's nothing serious. And, you know, obviously it could be worse. I'm not a knee, knee expert, but I know that there's more things to tear. And I, and I know that there's other knee injuries that take far longer to rehabilitate and fix. So I know it's not the worst case scenario for his knee, but man, the timing, it's never a good time to be injured. It's never a good time to be sick, but especially not great 
when you're the world champion and you're heading into WrestleMania season? We know that he's the workhorse champion, and it wasn't like he was taking time off like Gunther or in and out of the company like Roman Reigns. I think that this championship was built because they want to have someone constantly on television either being able to perform or to be able to bring people in based on the promo, and Seth Rollins did a great job of that. He's 37 years of age. This is not the last time that he's had uh, knee injuries before, by the way, because when you work as hard as he has, he's had his share of injuries before with the, with the knee. And so, you know, the hope is is that when we get to Monday Night Raw, Justin, that he's going to be able to make a decision saying pretty much, you know what, I've got a significant injury that I cannot wrestle on and that I'm going to have to give up my World Heavyweight Championship. I don't want to see that happen, but because of the injury, I think it's only fair that he's going to have to give up the World Championship if he can't go. Clearly, we were trying to figure out, could we see CM Punk against Seth Rollins? That's what we're shooting for for WrestleMania. But I was also wondering whether or not Rollins would be even available to wrestle and defend his championship uh, at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Obviously, the Royal Rumble is out. But I'm wondering even about WrestleMania. An injury like that, can he come back and be ready to go by the time we get to WrestleMania? That's the question, right? Right. And and I think, again, context here. If if he goes about this old school, now what I mean by that is I'm gonna make the towns, I'm gonna work, I'm I'm gonna get you to the finish line, I'm gonna get you to Mania. I'm gonna get you to where I put over Punk and get the title on him. Mm-hmm. If he tries to do it that way, and then you know, and and, and then puts off surgery and what and whatever else after mania the fear that i would have one obviously is him making it worse but two you're talking about a match with he and punk that has a lot of fire there's a lot of animosity under I mean, this this it's got that that real feeling and and there's a sub plot to their match is they're fighting for bragging rights they're fighting for who is the best in the world you know that that's there and so does WWE and or Seth Rollins and or CM Punk, do they want that match happening when Rollins has got a bum wheel, when Rollins is going to have to, you know, probably alter some things he does in the ring to not further aggravate? So it's like Punk's not going anywhere as long as nothing goes crazy, right? Sure. So and Rollins isn't going anywhere. So I don't think there's anything wrong with letting Seth just get out of the picture get to rehab and get to surgery, get to whatever has to happen to get him healthy again. Punk can still do what Punk wants to do, which is he wants to main event WrestleMania and get a title. That can still happen. It'll be getting the title from somebody else in some of the way, but you can still have that for Punk. And look, Punk versus Rollins, that makes a hell of a SummerSlam. You know, it doesn't have to happen at Mania. So I think there's that aspect to look at when you're talking about Rollins and Punk and you're talking about, you know, a best in the world kind of match. And then I think you also have to look at, in terms of what they do tomorrow, Jonathan, they have the luxury of that money in the bank, cash-in, still floating around, Mm -hmm. that Damien Priest has. So they could utilize that tomorrow or in the near future if they wanted to. You know, it'd be very easy to have Rollins do a match, a very, very, you know, or get beat down backstage or do something where it, it, it requires minimal physical uh, requirement from him, and, and and Damian Priest becomes your new champion. Yeah, that's there's, there's I mean, so they have point being it sucks that Rollins has, has, has a knee injury, but they have options. 
they have options and so that's 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 a good thing they're 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 not completely in a corner from from the way i see it our saturday show for busted open is hosted by denise salcedo and mark henry they got a chance to talk to an expert dr david chow and there's a couple of things that stood out about that conversation that we pulled for you if you missed it go back to the archives of uh, busted open and check it out uh, on the podcast so dr david chow assesses the extent of ron's injury uh yesterday the MCL part doesn't seem too bad. MCL part usually does not need any surgery. A meniscus tear sometimes need arthroscopic surgery, or often do. And, uh, you know, the recovery from that, you know, quick trims could be as quick as four to six weeks, but longer procedures can go into the month. So uh, need more uh, details uh, on that. Dr. David Chow also talks about whether or not Seth Rollins would be available to get cleared in time for WrestleMania in April again in Philadelphia. Return to play, return to wrestle has a lot of different factors, right? There's the medical component of when they're ready. There's the athlete component when they feel like they're ready. And then there's the institutional component of the team or the promoters, et cetera, in terms of getting a good match, et cetera. So, look, I put it in the realm of possibilities, yes, but, you know, it remains to be seen if it will happen. So thoughts there from David Chow, the doctor, talking about the extent of uh, the injury to Seth Rollins. I like how you laid it out there because in the era of kayfabe, no one would even know that there is an MCL tear um, and meniscus issue with Seth Rollins. It would just be one of those things where it's a quick match and the title's taken off of him. Because, but no one would know the injury. But now it's everything so wide open. When you hear the WWE say that there's going to be an announcement, you know what that means. That is uh, uh, Seth Rollins in normal clothes, probably, no sunglasses, it's tearful, sad. They've got to give up the championship. That's usually how it works. But I could see Damian Priest being able to just get himself in there and find a way for him to be the champion, which would do wonders for the Judgment Day. They're already over. And now imagine Damian Priest as the champion. But CM Punk, in his story, him wanting to be in WrestleMania and main event WrestleMania, can you see Damian Priest against CM Punk? And what does that look like if that if that is a match? It looks like Damian Priest and then by and, and the Judgment Day by numbers, uh, looking like a tall hill for Punk to climb. To finally get to the top of the mountain, truly, to where he is, WrestleMania main event one night, and and winning a world title at WrestleMania, um, doing it a decade after it was seen that he was written off uh, in WWE history. So I, I think Priest is a great option because Priest, uh, he's great in the ring in terms of X's and O's and bell to bell, but he but he's got he's got size over Punk, uh, he's got the numbers game. It's not like he's just all of a sudden a new character. You got to get the audience to know the Judgment Day has been running Monday Night Raw for the last year. Um, I, I mean, I think, you know, again, it, it, if if you think about it, of oh, we're supposed to get Rollins a Punk. Well, well, yeah, but like I said, that can come later. Don't worry, they're not going anywhere. Um, there's there's plenty of prime PLE real estate that they need to have have big main events for. So, uh, I I think Priest could be a great look, uh, and 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 I think in some ways. Again, hate that Seth's injured, but in some ways you might be able to look back and go, you know what? This worked out even better in terms mm-hmm. of what we were able to do for more people, with as, as, especially as it relates to, to Priest and the Judgment Day. 
Imagine that Punk wins the championship at some point against Damian Priest. So whoever they're going to put the championship on, that matchup and that opportunity for Seth Rollins to return to the WWE, a healthy Seth Rollins against CM Punk, you're right. There's money in that at any time, at any time in WWE. Yes, it would have been great on a grand stage, a grand stage like WrestleMania, but it's just, you know, injuries happen. Things happen. And so this is where the WWE really finds a way to, to shine, Justin, and that is we got a talent roster here that can be able to fill the bill. If Seth Rollins is not available, we can find others that can be able to step up. There's not less than in this company because they've been able to put together a really nice talent roster, women and men, that if Rollins goes down, Gunther goes down, someone else someone else can fill the bill and they can tell just a, as good a story. But from the Judgment Day standpoint, because of that Money in the Bank briefcase, boy, I tell you, Judgment Day, I remember what it looked like at the beginning when Edge was running it, and it was dead on its ass. It was it was not good. It wasn't getting over. It was odd because Edge came from the super baby face to all of a sudden this heel all at one at one point. And it didn't make sense because that booking didn't make sense at the time to turn Edge that way. And then I just think the turning of Edge soured what the Judgment Day was. And then they've been able to do a complete 180 with that group to the point where it's must-see. Outside of the bloodline, that is the must-see thing that you had to find out because now you've added the element of some uh, laughter, some funny there with R-Truth, that whole thing of uh, Rhea Ripley being part of it, who's the leader, Dom, all that. Now it's must-see. And so Damian Priest being ahead of that and the champion would be something. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there in that, in that history timeline of, of Judgment Day. Um, it, it, it really is amazing how it did go from being such, you know, right, Edge was you know, all of a sudden t- talking down to the people as if the people would turn on him. It's like, no, they were cheering you like gangbusters a week before. What are you talking about? <laughs> Strange. Um, so it really was, it really, the origin of it was was bizarre, but they, they truly did um, turn it into something. And yeah, they've ran with it. They've, everybody's career that's in Judgment Day has been elevated. Um, let, me, let me throw you out another scenario here because, okay. so Rollins comes out to Raw and he's going to vacate this title. Let's that's, that's, that's say that's, that's what we think is happening here. You agree, by the way, with the wardrobe I just laid out there? Just normal clothes, no big normal glasses. Yeah, yep. not his wife's outfits. Nope, no. This is just a, this is just your standard men's warehouse. Um, good look. Oh man, uh, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> men's warehouse? Are you saying it's Sean that lost his smile look? Yes, he lost his smile. Is, yes, is it going to be that look? Just like yeah. he got he got beat up by six thugs outside of Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There's some younger fans right now that have no idea what we're saying. There. <laughs> I mean, just just type in, kids. Shawn Michaels lost his smile. It'll come right up for you. So Seth vacates. You could see Damian Priest then naturally having the argument to Adam Pearce of, "Well, look, I should just become champion. I'm I'm the money that make briefcase. Well, that that title was just mine, anyways." Mm-hmm. And of course, Adam Pearce goes, "No, no, that's not how we do things around here." What would your reaction or opinion be to if they said? We're gonna put the we're gonna dangle the title over Royal Rumble, or we're gonna dangle the title over an Elimination Chamber match. If that was their way to to crown a new champion, uh, are you in favor? And we've seen that before. We have seen the title be on the line in Rumble before. Uh, how do you feel when they go that route? I love that as an idea because we've seen that before, and, and we haven't seen it in a long time. But how did how did Ric Flair win his first championship in WWE? Royal Rumble, right? With it's I believe. Eye? Tear in his eye, nineteen, and I and I believe the last time they did this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that when Triple H won it? 
believe that's the case. I believe that's the case. So? We had to look that up. I believe that's true. Uh, the 2016 Royal Rumble. About there, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that as a great idea because you know what happens. It becomes a little clunky and cumbersome if you say we're going to do a, a fatal four-way for Seth Rollins' championship and you do the four-way on a Raw or something like that or, you know, or at the Royal Rumble. No, you, you know what? Actually, I like that as an idea because – you know, there there are four to six contenders anyway that we could believe that could be champion outside of Seth Rollins. So having the championship up for grabs, that just adds more spice to the Royal Rumble. For new fans, it'll be something amazing. But we have seen that before, and that does work. With a tear in my eye, uh, Ric Flair winning the championship that way. And y'all, pay homage to the man. <laughs> Put that cigarette out. Um <laughs> But, but but you know but you put the title on there on, on Rumble and and but again, obviously there's 30 options, but there's there's different ways to go at it. Now all of a sudden, CM Punk can see his quest. Now all of a sudden, you can have Punk in, in this Rumble. He's oh so close, and then somebody eliminates him. He came oh so close, or you have somebody win the Rumble, they win that title. Pop and circumstance. Oh my God. Then Damian Priest comes in. After that individual is just beaten 29 other people and survived a rumble. Then priest comes in and cashes in like there's just, there's just a lot of, and now all of a sudden that's more heat on priest. You just took it out of the hands of whoever you just crown champion for that, for that one minute celebrate. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. If, 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 if this is in fact, what's going to happen, if, if Seth is vacating his title and he cannot, and he's not going to try to limp his way into mania over the next three months, they got some options here. Let me ask you this. There's a reason why I'm going to ask you this. Are the Judgment Day baby faces or heels? Uh, all of them except Rhea are heels. And and our truth. Yeah, well, yeah, I say our truth. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> In our yes. truth, right? Yes, they're yes. all heels, R-Truth. right? Yeah. Okay, I asked the question because what if it's the Bruce Pritchard question? What if, pal? That's three. Um, the question is, so what if finally? After all the whining and complaining, the Scottish superstar wins the championship, finally in front of fans. He's able to win. But then here comes Damian Priest, and he undercuts McIntyre, and he wins the championship. I'm talking about um, Damian Priest. The reason why I ask is because I think that the fans have officially turned on McIntyre. He's a character heel, but not sure. This, he still gets a lot of cheers, McIntyre. His attitude's just changed, because, but he complains a lot. A couple, I mean, he's pretty much Scottish Nakamura at this point in time. He's Scottish <laughs> Shinsuke. He complains a lot. Cody, going after Cody, always complaining, but always losing, right? Same thing here with, uh, with, um, with the Scottish superstar. What if... That McIntyre finally wins the championship and then loses it in the same night. That possible? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's you know you don't want to see somebody get hurt, but I go back to that that then that, that that falls right in line. That's that booking scenario you just presented. That falls right in line with what's going on with Drew. And I know we'll talk about you know our final four in the Rumble, and we'll, we'll kind of get we'll kind of get a little more deeper in our X's and O's to Rumble in, in a bit. But I already had in my mind. That based upon what we're hearing and seeing from Drew McIntyre right now, that Drew McIntyre, he's going to be in the Rumble and he's going to come up oh so short. He's going to f- somehow find a way to say that he got screwed or an injustice or gets 
eliminated from by somebody who was already eliminated or not even the match. Something was going to happen. So if they went that route of him, as you said, finally winning in front of fans, finally feeling like he gets what what he's been deserved of for for years, and then boom, gets it stolen away by that license to steal that is the money in the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, you, now you have not only do you have a new champion in Priest, now you have even more fire under under the Scottish, uh, you know, under Drew. You still have Punk and Cody and and they, they, and their quest to to you know. So there's there, again, you have options. You have things things to work with to get you from Rumble uh, to Mania. So I mean, yeah, these are all these are all interesting scenarios. Um, and and and, and, and you know, Sumo's bringing up the point here. Just because Priest has the money in the bank doesn't mean he has to sit out Rumble. But logic would tell you why would he do Rumble? Why would he put his body through having to beat 29 other people when he has that license to steal and he could just come in? So, I mean, if, if I was, if, if Priest doesn't end up cashing in um, tomorrow night on Raw, to me, the fact that he's still the money in the bank holder, if the title was to put in the Rumble match, it would make no sense for him to be part of a 30 man Rumble. That, that just would defy any heel logic of why would you do that? The reason why I asked you about um, what if the Judgment Day were babyfaces, I'm just wondering. Um, what that reaction would be. I'm sure it would be positive if if uh, Damian Priest won the championship over Drew McIntyre in that scenario at the Royal Rumble. I was just wondering about what that would look like. And I guess it would just be a spectacle, you know, like yeah. Damian Priest finally catches in, money in the bank, a briefcase, and wins the championship. I just think all of it's fascinating. Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports, NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays, 3 to 6 Eastern, on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app. Well, it's fitting that this past week we got to pay tribute and remember the life of one Jay Briscoe. It's a beautiful tribute, beautiful moment that was on Dynamite last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it's also relevant to my confession because here I am in 2024 and I'm familiar with the accomplishments and the resume that Mark and Jay Briscoe have done in their pro wrestling careers. But I have to confess, it would have been about 20 years ago, Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. The internet was more primitive than what it is now. And I was, for the first time, on a wrestling website reading about, probably reading some Ring of Honor, either preview or recap. And I read about this tag team. I read about the tag team of the Briscoe Brothers. And I have to confess that I went, oh, wow. It's great to see that Gerald and Jack Briscoe's legacies are being continued on (laughs) in the 21st century. I thought the Briscoe Brothers... And Ring of Honor in 2003 was an extension of Jack and Jerry, and we were keeping their legacy alive in the 21st century. It wouldn't just be the auto body shop in Tampa, but oh no, the Briscoe brothers are taking the world by storm. Another tag team of the Briscoe brothers, I must confess that. Boy, what a shock I was in the first time I saw a picture of them boys and realized the Briscoe brothers are not the same Briscoes that I was thinking of. Can I get an amen? Okay. See, so you thought Mark Mayer was black. I thought the Briscoe brothers were in a different family tree. It's just okay. it's all mistaken okay. identity. Okay, let's, let's break this down for a second. Okay. Okay. 
Did you think that Jay and Mark Briscoe were like the sons of either Jack or Jerry Briscoe? Is that what you thought? Like nephews? sons or nephews? Yeah, I yes. thought that they were. I, I figured, you know, I remember this is early. This is like 2002, 2003. So like Gerald Briscoe had just been on TV a lot in just the years prior as Mc, as just as a McMahon. Uh, stooge yes you yeah. know and then i don't even i'll be uh, being a student of wrestling i i i've done my reading i knew of you know jack and jerry and as a tag team and, and so like that was just in my mind so when i saw briscoe's tag teams i'm just thinking that just that's just that's the family tree continuing on dominance in the pro wrestling business <laughs> shout out to cw anderson uh, part of the <laughs> part of the lineage of the Anderson family. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Great call. Shout, shout, shout out to uh, Hey Horace to, Hogan is related to yes. Hulk Hogan. All right. <laughs> oh my God! Shout out to the OC. You know what? That son of of Arn Anderson, that Anderson over there for the OC. Does a great job, man. I've watched him in New Japan, WWE. I think he's been fantastic. My God, <laughs> I had to get That's that. So off. good. You've never told anyone else that before. <laughs> I really haven't. I really haven't. <laughs> that is a true. Kept that inside here for a long time. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good to get it out because it sounds good, right? You'd think, okay, the sons of Jerry and Jack Briscoe have wrestle have uh, sons as wrestling. Makes sense. Absolutely. Right. right. Uh, uh, one team from Oklahoma, the other one from um, Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> Naturally. All right. As we get ready to talk to the nation, we want your confessions as well. 877-344-4893. Okay. I'll be quick with this one. So I saw um, in this era of the WWE, I saw wrestlers like Goldust and Vader and Diesel and Triple H um, I saw these wrestlers and I thought, wow, you know, this is some up and coming talent. They're trying to repackage some wrestlers in WWE at the time. And I saw that the Vince McMahon was just trying to figure out, okay, how can these wrestlers be able to make money? How can they be in the limelight? You also saw Bob Backlund in this era as well in the mid nineties um, in WWE. Now there was one man that would take on all these wrestlers, the gold dust, the Vaders, the triple H's uh, and more. And that was Shawn Michaels. And let me just tell you something, Brother Labar. I watched Shawn Michaels as part of the Rockers in the AWA. And I thought that they were a fine tag team. They went to WWE, and I thought that they were a fine tag team. I don't think, I'm not sure if they ever won the World Tag Team Championships. Point is, though, is that the Rockers were a fine tag team. And then Shawn Michaels put Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. And then Shawn Michaels turned heel. He eventually became WWE champion. And all of that, that happened when he turned heel and became the heartbreak kid. I wasn't a fan of it. I actually think that the second time around after the back injury is a better Shawn Michaels than the Shawn Michaels we saw the first time around. How about that? My confession is I appreciate Shawn the second time around. Against the Undertaker and against uh, uh, Triple H, and everything else in the 2000s than I did in the 90s, because I thought that as good as he was in his latter match with uh, Razor in '95 and the great match he had against Bret Hart at the Anaheim Pond, the 60-man Iron Man match, I appreciate Shawn Michaels actually more the second time around than the first time. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of that than the first time. 
That's my so in the night. Wow. So let me try to digest this here, because I because Sean was my guy in the nineties. I I'm I'm I, you know Sean or Brett. I'm Sean. Yep. Um. Now, when he came back, of course, we all loved the the fact that he was back because he because he he left so abruptly. You know, he 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 puts over Austin ninety eight and then he just leaves. Yeah. He makes a few appearances here and there as a commissioner, and he's still dealing with his demons or whatever. But so I think everybody appreciated when he came back that he was able to come back and work now with that roster. But to say that that you're more of a fan of that one than then what made the fabric of the heartbreak hit? I mean, especially knowing what we know now. 95, 96, 97, he is just this cocky little brash little engine that could. And 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 now that we know what we know because of the document, you know, the documentary said that was just really he really was just this little shit to deal with that was yeah. so good that he could back it up in the ring and you and you just had to take it. Um wow, I did not think you were gonna go there. That kind of <laughs> hits me close because Sean oh. again, Sean that hits me close because Sean like that was my like. That was my I, I, all. All those pivotal moments were all such key, key stops in my roadmap of wrestling fandom in the nineties. I get you, but I got wow. Ric Flair's retirement, quote unquote retirement. I got all his battles against Triple H in two thousand two, was it? And then moving forward after that, I think for me, I appreciate wow. Sean, and I've seen him in three iterations. I saw him early as a tag team wrestler in the AWA. I saw him become the Heartbreak Kid, and then I saw the second time around. I I appreciate the second time around more. I know that's that is just my confession, and I know that's unpopular, wow. but that's that's me, man. I really appreciate him. So wow, how about that? All Never right, told anyone I mean, that before. I've held that. I, I can I, I I can see why. Busted open as part of the SiriusXM Sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast catch the full three hours of busted open every day of the week at 9 a.m eastern on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 go to siriusxm.com backslash busted open trial to start your free trial today That? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.